0: morning. This is Rena Sartain, and you are with the Master Gardener Hour, and I finally have the pleasure of introducing um, our own um, Fulton County, North Fulton County Extension Agent, Rolando Oriana. Welcome, Rolando. We're so glad to have you here.
1: Thank you, Rena. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, We're
0: delighted to have you here. You have um, been the... well... It, it, new extension agent for Fulton County for how long now? Uh,
1: it's been 12 months. 12 mm-hmm. months. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. been a challenging 12 months, I bet.
1: Yeah, and fast 12 months, too. And, a fast uh, 12 months. Very busy. I, I
0: can only imagine. It's a tremendous area for you to oversee, isn't it?
1: It's big because in Intel, five cities and uh, urban cities and I come from Griffin, Georgia, which is a very rural area, and my job was very specific. Now I have to be doing so many things at the same time, so it's a little different.
0: Okay. So originally, I'm I'm so intrigued, um, you were born in Central America. Yes. Okay. So tell us how, what the journey was like. You were, you, did you go to high school or in Central America, or did you move? up here, um, what, what was your education background?
1: Well, uh, I was born in Honduras, in Central America, um, in the 70s, uh-huh. late 70s. Uh-huh. Uh, moved to the United States uh, approximately 10 years ago. I grew up in Honduras. I went to school in Honduras, college. I'm a agronomy engineer, or agriculture engineer, it was called over there. According to the U.S., uh, translation of the title is agronomy. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved here for work. I work in the green industry for a good five years. I've been working for UGA for the last four four and a half years, and uh, it's been a very nice experience um, working at the Center for Urban Ag and Griffin. Okay.
0: So when you moved to the United States when you say you worked in the green industry was that with a like a a, a nursery or what kind of work did you do there
1: It was a landscape company um my job was there to be the spray, uh, the chemical manager for mm-hmm. the company. Mm-hmm. The company had a lot of uh, homeowner association properties and uh, apartment complexes all over the southeast. So my job was to make sure there was, you know, weed free and apply fertilizations, um, pre-emergents, and all those sort of stuff. So uh, that that was my job. Okay, and then i I work in other two companies before I come to the u g a
0: all right, and so um and then were you attracted to Georgia because of the University of Georgia, or did you just come to Georgia? <laughs>
1: that, you can say that I just come to Georgia because I had a friend here when I did take the decision to move to the United States um it was uh, mainly to uh, – I work in Honduras with the government doing quarantine, You, the Plant Hill Quarantine Department, which is translated in the U.S. like the PPQ plant of the uh, uh, USDA apis But uh, I came here originally. I was going to University of Florida, but uh, when I came here, the war with Iraq was, you know, blowing. So I came to visit my friend, and, and he lived in Norcross. I really like the city, um, and, you know, being in Atlanta, such a big you know, place and have such a big industry, I uh, decided to stay here. So okay. it's just, you know, love the first time. Yeah, well, first that's side, wonderful.
0: It's a good city to live in, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it, it is. It definitely is. It is. Um, so when you say that um, you worked with quarantine, um, in Honduras, so was that bringing? You had to make sure that any anything brought into the country was bug free.
1: Yes, uh, you know every country has their own inspection service. Mm-hmm. Uh, as US, they have the PPQ of the USDA office. Uh What you do? is you inspect everything that comes into the country? Mm-hmm.
0: And that we're not talking about just plants. We're talking about... Fruits and vegetables okay, in general. Okay. I mean, everything, right. you know, okay.
1: animals and okay. everything. Um, and you'll be surprised what people are trying to bring to the countries. Um, we have a big problem in Honduras back in the 90s. Uh, ALC is a disease that was introduced uh, to Honduras from Jamaica. And it destroyed all the coconut productions in the country. It was a big blow, and it was, it was bad. So we inspected uh, for everything once. Uh, the inspector is free of anything. We just let it in the country. If there's something wrong, or the origin country report any particular disease that we don't have in that country, mm-hmm. we have to make requirement based on the disease. Um, Uh, The procedure is we go in, inspect, take samples We send the samples to identification to a plant pathologist or entomologist They ID the problem and then we make the suggestions And uh, that's how it is Sometimes the product has to be incinerated Or it has to be only returned back to the country Or just let it get into the country if there's not any problem So there's there's a few... um, situation can happen but as as a very challenging job um you can imagine you know uh business owners be mad because they're they're, they're yes. you know they of their product their it's, product yeah. is there and uh being retained so it, it is a challenging but uh it's also very rewarding knowing that you protect the the agriculture of your country so
0: oh I can only imagine it must have taken quite a few people. In that area, in in that department, I mean that's that's a lot of trade
1: coming in, right? Oh yeah, 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 it is, it is. But Central America as of today is being, you know, uh, unified every year more and more. And back in the late nineties, a organization was created, which is called OIRSA, this international organization to to inspect. It was kind of like a subcontracting company because. Uh, the government uh, wouldn't be able to handle all the pressure from the business, so they decided to give it to the private sector. Okay. So now is is a whole different when I was working over yeah. there.
0: So um, I, I understand that you were working with really the the major areas where products from were really more trade products were coming in. But who polices like Somebody on an airplane or a boat coming in that might have a food product or a plant product to bring through customs. Is that a whole
1: different um, group of people? It's the same people that um, late 80s, no, late 90s, um, before the late 90s, you... Have to do like you normally do here when you enter the United States. You fill out a uh, custom declaration, mm-hmm. and uh, pretty much the officers believe what you're saying. There. Yeah. But over there, it was a point that it was terrible. People keep lying and they say they didn't have anything, but they have fruits and vegetables in their carry-on bag. So they install laser or uh, detectors in and, and the airport. So you even your carry-on has to go through detectors, yeah. and um, that's how they, they inspect everything. Everything that goes in and goes uh, the check bag, the carry-on bags, everything has to go through that machine, and they if they see something suspicious, they will inspect it, and if it's a burst, uh, fruit and vegetable, they normally destroy it or just... It depends. Because if you come from Asia, you know they have a. Uh a few diseases they are not uh, mm-hmm. uh, present in Central America so they immediately destroy it. But if it comes from the U.S., there is not any disease for, for for that crop or for that product in particular that is reported in the U.S. that we don't have in Central America so we just let it go. Okay. But we just have to make sure, you know, mm-hmm. it since happen vice versa, the U.S. do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So do you uh,
0: find that, did you find in your experience there that things that Typically come from the United States and maybe other um, more westernized countries, Are they're more um, uh, better policed as far as not letting stuff in because they're a little more advanced in their um, control, disease control. I mean, it seems like you know we use so many pesticides and so many insecticides to kill things. Um, did, did that help um, make us an easier country to deal with?
1: Well, the United States has always been a uh, easy country to work with because all the regulations are in place mm-hmm. here to do productions. Um, but right now, now you're talking about of today, actually University of Georgia uh, created a system back in the uh, early 2000s which is called DDDI. You, as a master gardener, probably being aware that uh, it's being utilized in every county agents in the state of Georgia. DDDI means uh, distant diagnostic, diagnostic through digital imaging. The system was introduced to Central America by University of Georgia, and uh, it was adopted there for quarantine purposes. So, if you're a uh, inspection officer in the point of entry to the country. Uh, if there's something that you can diagnose right away because you're not an entomologist or plant pathologist you create a digital sample and you send it to the immediate uh, diagnosticians in the area mm-hmm. any lab in Honduras or Central America when the program started actually they sent the, the samples to the UGA the UGA helped them but uh, they outgrew UGA and now they're they're, uh, they're doing their own diagnosis um, so we help in Central America on that. And I'm still, as of today, I'm still going over there at least two, three times a year to train them in how to use the system because there's so many personal rotation. Every time they change president, yeah, the president brings their own people. Exactly. So you have to train yeah. the people all over again. Exactly. So that's how it is. It's, it's still, is it's a nice relationship. Um... But right now we have a problem with the katsu bug that is uh oh, yes it is bad because it's being found in the airplanes over there really yes and then it's being found in the containers uh with uh goods coming from the United States so uh it is a big problem it was a certain point in 2011 or 2012 that they embargoed some products coming from the United States for the for the uh katsu bug
0: How do they think it it gets in the airplanes? That's kind of bizarre.
1: Well, the problem is, especially in the fall, the bug is very active, Mm -hmm. uh, looking for shelter. Mm -hmm. And then when... When they're looking for shelter, they will get on everything. You can see, yeah. I mean, they're in the car, they're in the gas station, they're in the walls of the buildings, the houses, mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So they are very active, and, and there is no protocols to avoid cuts above getting to containers. Mm-hmm. So if there are a, uh, if there is a warehouses where they load in products to go to Central America... Um uh, those boats can get in mm-hmm. and uh nothing will nobody will, you know, pay attention to right. them. And they will find over there in Central America and it become an international issue. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. We're going to take a break here, Rolando, and um, stay with us, um, and we'll be back in just a moment with the Master Gardener Hour. This is Dr. Susan Blank, Medical Director for the Atlanta Healing Center. Our team is able to offer a multitude of treatment options, such as quantitative EEG, also known as brain mapping, hormonal and nutritional assessments, neuropsychological testing, and cognitive therapy, along with traditional 12 step facilitation. And we can even offer you, if appropriate, a gentle Medically managed detox, please contact us at 770 696 9862.
2: The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution.
0: Hi, I'm Paisley McDonald, and I'd like to invite you to listen to my show, At Home with Paisley, every week, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, for practical advice and stylish living for your home and office.
3: This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
0: back with the master gardener hour and i have rolando oriana with me who is the north fulton county extension agent um and i I must ask you one more question rolando about um your job as a quarantine um agent would that be uh, the okay um one of the things that I think has been of so much concern in the United States, as far as the ports are concerned, are those um, platforms, what do you call them, um, the things that they lift off the ships, the wooden things, and so much comes in on the in those wooden boxes.
1: The pallets. Yes, yes. In fact, when they have this issue back in 2012, those bugs were found in the and the pallets um the like prob- the
0: Adelphi came yeah. over here yeah the hemlocks came yeah.
1: over in those yeah yeah well that's what how we anticipated that the bug enter i don't know if you're familiar with the bug mm. at all it was found in georgia in a in a northern county here but and it was uh, found by extension agent because it had one of the homeowners calling in and trying to find out why so many bugs were mm-hmm. around her house. Uh, it was it was 2009. It was the fall of 2009. It was spotted in Georgia and now it's in the entire southeast, mm-hmm. um, northern Florida, and it goes all the way to Virginia. It grew and we didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And the lit review it was coming from Asia. It was. Not that it was inaccurate, but it was not validated, it was not researched. And uh, so UGA is actually being the leader university in the United States uh, doing research on the Kotzebueck. And we know something um, about it because Wayne Carter and, uh, and the UGA Griffin campus has taken the uh, responsibility to keep up with the distribution. And there's uh, another team of uh, investigators that are working, or researchers that are working um, on ecology, genetics, and everything. So we know that the genes that we have of that bug come from uh, Japan. Uh most likely came through an airplane because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, ATL is the biggest airport in the world uh, mm-hmm. by passenger traffic and number mm-hmm. of operations. So it is it is very um, uh, likely that the genes we have from Japan, and then we're still learning every day about mm-hmm. it. Um, we know that reproduces in Katsu, and it feeds on soybeans, and uh, the bug can sit on pretty much everything everything mm-hmm. but not necessarily is feeding or causing economical damage to. but we know for a fact that the yield on katsu is almost thirty percent and almost thirty percent in soybeans too. So it is it's very economical important past. So um it's easy to control too but um uh, we're finding out more and more information about it every day.
0: So the the kudzu bug looks really like a kind of a gr- gray- grayish brown ladybug. It's about the size of a ladybug. Yeah, it's a
1: mm-hmm. little. It's, yes. Now, um, have
0: you found that when you smush them, they smell?
1: They do. They yeah. smell. Uh-huh. Very <laughs> yeah,
0: yes, exactly. So, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could train them to only eat kudzu in the southeastern United States? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, would be, that would be ideal. the The, the only thing is that. They migrate. They're uh, hitchhikers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of the things that the fears that Central America have at that point when we were talking about the the issues is that they not having cotsu over there in Central America. They have a lot of legumes, and uh, yeah, that can potentially cause a lot of damage. Mm-hmm.
0: So they're eating the leaf or or the fruit. Yes,
1: and, and the and, fruit. and, and um, the stem of the of yeah. the plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Lord,
0: All right, so um, when you came, Griffin, Georgia is kind of a, um, a small town um, south of Atlanta. Let me tell our listeners, those of you who don't live in, in Georgia and are not familiar, and it's kind of a, it's an active, but kind of a sleepy town com- compared to Atlanta. So you must tell me, when you um, came and took this job, Oh, my gosh, Rolando, this must have been, like, overwhelming to come to this tremendous city. and, um, And were you just caught by surprise at the magnitude of the position, or were you prepared for that?
1: Uh, I was definitely not prepared for this. Uh, I worked in Atlanta before, like I mentioned, in the green industry mm-hmm. and driving all over Atlanta in the traffic. Oh, yes. <laughs> but my job in Griffin was very specific. It was to train uh, green industry and safety, mm-hmm. OSHA safety. Uh, that was pretty much everything that I had to do. I got involved in the Kudzu bog and bringing the students from Honduras to to study in, in here in the UGA. But uh, that was pretty much it. Uh, When I came here to the North Fulton area, you know, we have a a Master Gardeners, 100 plus, almost 150. And then um, we have a lot of people, a lot of homeowners calling the office. Um, And a lot of requests for speakers from different organizations in Atlanta. A lot of uh, collaborations requests. A lot of meetings, a lot of training from UGA, you know, how to deal with, you know, everything here and the politics. And, uh, you know, we have a, a big event, which is the Riverside Farmer Markets in, in mm-hmm. Um We have a community garden in the back of our building. So there was a, a lot of things. It takes a lot of work. So it was definitely challenges it's being crazy. Yeah, for the last, I can um,
0: only imagine. I mean, you're just kind of thrown into the fire. So... um Let's kind of um, start with, you know, it it kind of seems like in today's world, um, one of the things, you know, because I work in a retail nursery, um, so often people will come in and um, I will tell them that, you know, they can get a soil testing through the extension office and you send it to the University of Georgia and then they Email in today's world, a very comprehensive result back. But, um, you know, there's so much information on the internet. Have you found that the internet has taken a little bit of the pressure off? of you as far as people calling in and um, to get information, or do you think they still want to talk to a human and talk to their extension agent?
1: Well, I am one of those persons that still want to talk to a human when I'm looking for something. And you're right. I mean, there is uh, some pressure relief from the fact that a lot of people just going in and browse everything. But now, like the commercial now not that everything that's on the Internet is valid. Or not everything is back being backed up by our research. Um, so one of the things that we offer at the Georgia University of Georgia Extension is the is research-based information. Mm-hmm. If we don't have it, we'll find it. It can be another university uh, or with another colleague and 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 the extensions uh, service. So we'll find. But you're right. There's a lot of people doing research online and. Uh, But I wouldn't completely believe, especially if you're going to make a decision to apply any pesticide to your turf and then all of a sudden it's completely dead or brown. (laughs) So, you know, it it has economical implications. So you have to be careful with that.
0: Okay. So do you think that as far as um, being an extension agent today, you know, in the old days, you would call the office, and the extension agent would go out and do a lot of hands-on communication with people. You really don't have time for that anymore, do you?
1: Well, there's a million people living in Fulton County. Mm-hmm. That would be uh, pretty much impossible yeah. to visit everybody, especially the demands that we have today. Um as of today, we don't have the resources. You mm-hmm. know, uh, we've been getting uh, budget cuts, mm-hmm. and it seems that there's going to be continued budget mm-hmm. cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we can't do that. So we rely on uh, master gardeners, mm-hmm. and uh, we also rely on for them calling us and sending sending us photos of their issues, and then we either use the DDDI system to access to the specialists to give us a better opinion. Um and go that way is go that route instead of just trying to diagnose that everything you sell it will be very very challenging.
0: Right, the internet has um is a wonderful wonderful tool, but what I find in my job is that. Sometimes people don't quite understand. You can't describe a bug or a disease over the phone, or just a picture doesn't do it. You have to really see the dynamic of the whole plant, or at least a big piece of the plant, to understand what's going on. So, yeah. um, so would you say that um, the the job in in a big city of an extension agent has it become more administrative, really than than hands-on do you really do you feel like sometimes you have the um, opportunity to be a horticulturist as much as you want to be or do you feel like you have to spend so much time administering all these different areas
1: well um, in terms of um, uh, managing a group of volunteers it becomes sort of administrative job. I would like to because I, I, I like to be out there in the field doing some work that we, we can right now. And the budget cost has pushed us to this moment. And if we, honestly, maybe we we should have two, three agents here, mm-hmm. going and maybe one of them will decide to be horticulture and the other one take care of the community gardens, and the other person taking care of with uh, the master gardeners. So that will help. But we have so much, so, so much budget cuts that we can really mm-hmm. operate, so this is the way that we can be more effective. Uh, so now that's why we rely on volunteers. Okay. The volunteers, I really admire their the their time given to the to the extension and to their community. It's mm-hmm. amazing.
0: Do you find that all states suffer from the budget cuts? I mean, do you have contact with all states? That's just typical of the way things are going right now.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the extension... It's one of the first things that the legislators see when they're going to do budget cuts. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's across the entire country. Okay. There's some the states that they, they decided they want to cut extension. Yeah, but I don't know. That's what. Eventually, I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, something yeah. has to be done to to make it better.
0: Yeah, I think we did. Um, a, a Fulton County is such a tremendous county. It's like 87 miles long, and I think. Uh, wasn't so long ago we had um an extension agent three for the whole county but that's still not much manpower for an 87 mile county and in north fulton i guess there's more agriculture in the southern part of the county but my gosh there's so much population up here that it's Amazing. So um, we're going to take an upcoming break, but when we come back, I want to talk about some of the um, projects that that you're especially excited about um, and working on, and then also some of the things that you foresee in the future that you'd like to implement. So stay with us. We'll be back with Rolando, Oriana, and um, the Master Gardener Hour. Membership. Are you an IHC member? Access to the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's breaking news, industry trends, expert blogs, and networking with IHC's industry-wide member community. IHC membership puts you at the focal point of the dynamic health and benefit industry, allowing you to join the conversation and collaborate with industry stakeholders and your peers. Your IHC membership includes a subscription to Healthcare Consumerism Solutions Magazine, Healthcare Exchange Solutions Magazine, annual publications Healthcare Solutions Superstars, and Healthcare Solutions Outlook, a free white paper, and much more. Sign up as a free IHC member or $99 premium IHC member today at www.theihcc.com. That's www.vihcc.com.
2: Quick stakes. That's q u i k stakes
3: This is americaswebradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
0: You're back with Master Gardener Hour. This is Rena Sartain and I have Rolando Oriana with me today. Um, And I'm so pleased, Rolando. Um, Would you say that the University of Georgia is probably one of the, really one of the top three ag schools in the country, or, you know, especially with all the research that's generated from there?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I will uh, not hesitate to say that. The University of Georgia is working really hard and doing a lot of research and putting all that research information uh, to the extension service will be available for the public. So we're public service uh, workers, so, you know, everything the UGAs do, it becomes eventually public okay. information. So, um, yeah, University of Georgia, Cornell University, UC Davis are, you know, very, very good agriculture school in the United States. Okay.
0: So, um First of all, um, for our listeners, especially those that are local, let's talk um, briefly, before we talk about some of your projects, about the Master Gardener Program. Um, You can apply for that one time a year?
1: One time a year, yes. Okay,
0: and it's normally taught in January?
1: It starts normally in January, and it goes uh, for 10 weeks, one day a week. Okay. Uh, from full a uh, full day uh-huh. yeah from nine a m to three thirty okay uh p m and uh once you get all these trainings you're required to do uh fifty hours volunteer throughout you know for twelve months
3: okay
1: from that moment in April and until March in the following year.
0: To receive your certificate.
1: To receive your certificate and your badge um, as a, you know, certifying you as a master gardener. Okay. And then every year after that, you have to give 25 hours. Exactly. Yeah, that's a recertification requirement. Okay. And
0: um, so tell our listeners, if they were interested in the program, how they would apply or get information about it.
1: Well, they will uh, call us back in the fall. I would say August, September. Call us the uh, the application process is opened in is it's, it's a short period of time because uh, uh, we don't have much time and the number of spaces are very limited. Mm-hmm. Um, so call us back. We'll send you the application. Eventually, we, I'm going to be uh, working this year on to have it available on the website so people can just download it from the website and coming in and to the office and turn it in. Uh I will have three information sessions this year. I will uh will uh advertise it through the email server and listserv. I will send it to uh, different meals, uh, email servers and I'll probably send you an a uh, information. Um about when this information will be and uh what to expect from it. It's gonna be a good year. I'm I'm having high hopes for good. this year.
0: And really, um you don't have to be um an expert or um, uh, um, in in the garden necessarily you you really have to there are no real requirements are there to become a master gardener, or or do you see that changing?
1: Well, yeah, it's it's, it's uh, definitely changing. You don't necessarily have to be an expert or have any experience in the garden because uh, it's irrelevant. We'll train you on what you know what you need to know. Uh, the thing is your your skills. Um, the budget cut against. I'm sorry talking so much it's about okay. budget, it's
0: a big part of
1: it has uh, pushes to fund people with different set of skills like computer skills, writing skills, uh, to be able to help us doing work here so uh, that's pretty much what we're looking for, people motivated to work with their community because the fact that if you want to be a master gardener you, you know, that's the point is help your community help your community you live in so Uh, That's the idea, to help the community and have educational programs that will have an impact in the community.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. I think that um, in the past, um, and this is not a judgment by any means, but a lot of people um, become a Master Gardener for their own edification and for their own um, personal satisfaction. But it is... A tremendous part of the extension service to be able to depend on people um, to do public speaking, to give classes. Um, I mean, it's a wonderful venue, um, and the... um, it provides so much education to the community, and really, it's a trickle-down from the University of Georgia. I mean, we're all kind of connected. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The programs are connected. In fact, there are professional organizations like GMGA that you know, hold this, a number of people. They're uh, master gardeners from different counties, and but... You know, the bottom line is you're right. Some people do it for their own, you know, edification, but uh, it's still a good thing. You are doing something for yourself and, and the process, you're helping your community. That's great. That's wonderful. And being a Master Gardener in the entire United States is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's a big accomplishment. It is. Uh, so um, it's good. I I would like for the people to stay motivated. If they want to become a Master Gardener, awesome. We'll... we'll uh, do the application, and we'll take uh we'll do it from there okay. uh,
0: is there any way you know I, I have a couple of friends myself who um are so interested and and um but the classes are always taught in the daytime, so if you're if you work, it makes it hard, doesn't it yeah, and that's just the way it is. There's no way around that at this point
1: yes yes uh they're always during the day uh because it's like any other school yeah it's, the day. it's still a liability situation too yeah. we don't want people going at night and today they're being teaching um the classes are being taught in memorial drive so for somebody from north Fulton, they gotta drive mm-hmm. a little bit so mm-hmm. it, it becomes an issue so right. daytime i don't think that's going to change eventually maybe it becomes available online but you know see how effective the people because being presential in the classes, it, it helps your motivation right. to stick with the program. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's going to be the same situation in a online classroom. So
0: You know, um, the world seems to be um, moving toward a lot of online classrooms. And one of the things that I found in my experience was it was so, first of all, it was so much more fun to have the interaction with people you were meeting and... Um, And being able to study with them. And you learn so much more in an active classroom, I think. Yes. Um, And then being able to truly interact with the professors, which came, I mean, the program hosts the most wonderful teachers from all over the state, from the University of Georgia, different extension agents. I mean, just wonderful people. And you lose a lot of that in online training. And um, I think it's, um, you, you don't. You lose a lot, I think the program can lose a lot, when you really don't get to know who your students are also. The world is is just becoming (laughs) too computer oriented, I think. So, uh, Rolando, tell me, um, when you came to North Fulton um, and saw the things that um, the Master Gardeners and the Extension um, Service were involved in, tell us about the different um programs and some of the things that you were um impressed by or you know loved or what your um analysis of that is
1: well i've been definitely impressed with the work that the group has been doing with the demonstration garden mm-hmm. gardens like uh an example of the Bullock hall they've been doing a great job for years and they uh it's a great venue. Um,
0: so let, let's explain to our listeners that Bullock Hall and Smith Plantation and um, the William Payne um, Home, which is a, are all very historic homes, and they um, are on the historic registers. And the Master Gardeners take care of the grounds. There. Correct. Okay
1: yeah so they've been doing a great job It's is wonderful smith plantation uh, even you know the big trees mm-hmm. here right beside the office uh is is wonderful they just put together a new uh building with restrooms and you know for the visitors and the people that go and walk over there um I toured the bulk Hall the other day with my mentor. Mm-hmm. she came from brockdale county she was she was very impressed and I was very impressed. I came back over the weekend and so that um and there's so much potential uh I visited the Chattahoochee Nature Center uh we that is as of today approved project so the north Fulton master gardeners already are working and the chattahoochee nature center with a approved project so there is a lot of other things that will coming in there the master gardeners are in, interested in working uh with and um uh, and own so uh it was be. It's going to be an exciting year, definitely.
0: So talk to us about um, the farmer's market, the Riverside farmer's market. That was something that was started a few years ago by the Master Gardeners, and that has really become, wow, a big deal.
1: It is a big deal because um, you get so many people going to this venue or this event on the weekends, and... It's such a nice atmosphere over there on the weekends. You go there and drink coffee and talk to the people, talk to the vendors. Um, you might even get to know your neighbors, the people that live in your community. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and have this nice friendship, and then you get fruit, uh, fresh fruit and vegetables. Um, and it's, it's amazing. Um, the Master Gardeners have such a active role over there, mm-hmm. and it's such such a critical and important part of the event that um informing the community, you know, how to uh plant their community gardens or the backyard gardens and everything. So it's wonderful. Master Gardens have done a wonderful job and uh Louis Esterbrook our former agency did a wonderful job working with them too. So
0: And how many vendors do will they typically have on a on an active Saturday morning?
1: The, yes, it will be around 30 to 40 benders in a good very good weekends we'll have 50 but the core of the vendors is approximately 28 30 vendors okay. but on a regular is going to be between 30 and 35 vendors
0: okay and we're talking about all kinds of fruits and vegetables and lettuces and honey and do they have goat cheese and bread and stuff like that
1: yeah correct and bread and then we have um musicians over there and sometimes educational programs so the people the kids can learn about different things mm-hmm. so uh, and all relying on the volunteers. So okay. that's why so it's uh, critical to have volunteers work And
0: if a vendor wanted to be um, a part of that, how would a vendor come in and participate in the market?
1: Uh, you have to make an application with the extension office. Uh, if it's a food, we have to make sure that you have a commercial kitchen and you have all the certification needed because it becomes a liability for food poisoning and for food safety. So, um we just uh go a small process we verify the kitchen we do an inspection, and then uh we let in get into program if it's only as a farmer selling fruits and vegetables uh we just verify that the 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 farm is only within a hundred miles from radius from the city of Roswell and So and local local growers
0: okay um, do they have to be naturally certified or anything like that no or no organic
1: no no because. Uh, the extension service support organics producing as well as traditional, traditional agriculture produ- growers. So. Okay, is there a
0: charge for a vendor to come in and participate in the market?
1: Yeah, uh, the charge is twenty dollars a day if you going to be only staying one day, uh, but if you decide to stay the half a season, it's going to be only twelve dollars.
0: Okay, so that's so reasonable.
1: Well, no, very reasonable. So
0: reasonable. That's a wonderful way to get farm-to-table um, food, and um, and the, and I and I know that they do put on. Um, wonderful educational programs there so that's great and you can take your kids with you which is especially um, good on a on a Saturday morning so oh this hour is flying by Rolando um, so we're going to take a break here and then um, come back and finish up a wonderful interview with um, my new friend so stay with us we'll be right
3: this is Dr. Elena George with your health tip of the day did you know that sleep is an important weapon against infection sleep is important because it is restorative During sleep, known as REM, the body recuperates and resets. For example, the immune system increases its activity and stress hormones drop. There is a correlation between sleep deprivation and frequent colds. The average adult should get seven to eight hours of uninterrupted sleep per night, and a child needs more since they are growing. Sleep hygiene is important to set a good foundation. Techniques to promote good quality restorative sleep include going to bed at the same time at night, avoiding alcohol or caffeine prior to bedtime, avoiding exercise in the evening, reading to a young child at bedtime, avoidance of drinking fluids late in the evening, and avoidance of taking decongestants at bedtime. If you are having problems sleeping more than once a week, you should see a doctor for further evaluation. Please join me Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for Medicine on Call.
2: This is Peter Wallace. Inviting you to listen every Sunday morning to Day One with inspiring preachers from America's mainline churches on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick stakes. That's. QUICK stakes are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of quick stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's quick stakes, Q U I K stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your
3: garden now.
0: We're back with our last segment of the Master Gardener Hour. Um, these hours always fly by, especially when I have a wonderful guest like Rolando here. Um, so um, and we're talking about really the impact of the Extension Service and its volunteers on the community, Rolando. Um, I know that we have um, someone within our ranks who teaches classes up in the Roswell area. Um, so tell us a little bit about those because those are pretty much done on a regular basis, right?
1: Yes, yeah, they are done throughout the year. For John Clegora, mm-hmm. he's one of our master gardeners. They're mainly happening in the city of uh, Alpharetta and Roswell. Mm-hmm. We wanted to expand this year, but we need more volunteers for doing, for doing that. John Cegora is overwhelmed. He's, you know, he's very busy and he's very active, advertising these classes and classes normally happen at night, in the afternoon, mm-hmm. night, um, and they're very well attended. Actually, one of the success stories that we have is uh, Mr. Arada was one of the master gardeners in 2013. He became a Master Gardener after attending one of John's Clagora classes. Uh-huh. So he loved the, the Master Gardener program and uh he became a Master Gardener and uh thanks to John Clagora classes. So the classes have an impact in the community and they're helping the community and uh there's so such good information. We want to expand this year. And we have more information at in the Master Gardener website online, and there will be more available information on the website that we're going to set together uh, this year for the extension office in the North Fulton.
0: Okay, so tell us, um, tell our listeners um, what the website address is.
1: Is uh, nfmng.net.
0: Nfmg northfultonmastergardener.net. Master Gardener. Dot. Uh, dot net. Dot net. Okay. Yes. All right, so that provides all the services, and that includes um, asking for speakers for um, garden club events or any kind of educational events, um, and what else will it have on there?
1: There is information about, you know, the Speaker's Bureau, you're right. Uh, Linda Klein has been running the Speaker's Bureau. Um would any organization or particular persons or a homeowner association get call in uh, with a specific talk, topic, and uh, Linda Klein sends you a note, uh, information about a particular speaker, and then you get get information about what is the programs the the master gardeners are working in the community, how to become a master gardeners, and, and other information for the uh, for the General public. There is some other information that is only for members that you have to be a a master gardener to be able to access it. But it's only administrative. Um, But, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, I'm going to be doing an update of the website of the uh, Fulton County uh, University of Georgia uh, website. Uh, for the North Fulton, and then we'll have all this information more in detail. Great, uh, how to download the application for BMS Garners or how to download a calendar for the classes that John Clagora has, or who to contact in case they want to go to the Bullock Hall, the big trees, information about the big trees, or the more information, specific information about the project that we're working on. And, you know, what the request, the the contact information for the extension agent, um, et cetera.
0: How how involved are we in community gardens throughout the area? I mean, community gardens have been so high on the priority list all across the country. We've interviewed... um, the president of the North Community Garden Association here, and it was um, North American Community Gardens. And it's really fascinating how many green spaces that they're trying to implement. Are we involved in that as Master Gardeners?
1: We are. We are very involved. In fact, yesterday I just got a call from a church. They wanted to create a a community garden, and we get those requests all the time. The only challenge that I see is that when you want to have a community garden you want to make... An investment to create to build a community garden, uh, you have to have people responsible to maintain them, mm-hmm. or, or or everything goes away. Everything you know, uh, eventually is forgotten. And So we don't want that. We want to uh, make an impact, and one of the impacts will be have a community garden, but. Properly maintained, that it's just not being built, and then you know everything is you know forgetting after a few months when the summer is over. Yeah, you nobody wants to be outside. Right. So, so uh, that's one of the challenges that we have. So anybody can have a community garden. The problem is we have to have responsible people. Um, we have our, our master gardeners teaching how to do what, how to maintain and what to do but they're also not able to maintain it because, you know, that's not the the what the we're role. trying to do. Right. We want the community to learn how to produce their own food, uh, but we can't do it for them. So that's them one of the challenges. Show how to fish
0: and they'll never be hungry, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> Don't definitely. give them the fish. Show them how to fish. Right. One of the things that I remember from um, the interview I had with, and I'm um Sorry, I I can't even remember his name. Um, He was wonderful about the community gardens was that, you know, we lived on, we we grew up, um, you especially at at your age, um, grew up in a fast food society. And so these kids um, that were being taught um, in the school system to work in a garden and really focus on how to grow their own vegetables... Um, they would take their vegetables home, and they would be so proud of them to take a squash or collard greens or something home, and their mothers did not know how to cook them. They did not know how to cook fresh vegetables because they had never been exposed to them and that you know you wonder why we have so many health issues today yeah. because we there was there were so many generations that were just unexposed to fresh fruits and vegetables
1: yeah and you're totally right uh, this society that is, is being uh, under this um, health and um, nutrition habit is is it become a challenge. in fact at the in the Fulton County Extension uh, Menia Chester she came out with this program in this, in especially the South Fulton, because South Fulton they have some areas that are um, food deserts per se, mm-hmm. according to the USDA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can not, you can see there's entire neighborhoods they don't have a uh, grocery store where they can get have access to fruit and vegetables, or fresh uh, fruits and vegetables. So uh, all they do is fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm so u c k it's very you, expensive it, yeah it's, it's expensive. very expensive, so she came out with this program she's she's been successful uh so it's mobile farmer markets um we, a true yeah north. yeah, it's okay. called uh Fulton fresh uh-huh. it's What's a mobile farmer market, and then they go through this food desert and and teach classes for the community you know, how to uh, do recipes with vegetables Mm -hmm. and with squash, with tomatoes, etc. And And then after the classes there, they get a a coupon where, you know, certifying that they they took the class and then they get a bag with vegetables. So that's wonderful. I think that's a wonderful idea. We would love to have it in the North Fulton, but, you know, USDA doesn't uh, have any community in the North Fulton as a food desert. So that limited... Or ability to get funding for this, so um, we might have to search for more funding from different mm-hmm. private sector. But uh, Minya she's yeah, she's the director of the uh, extension program in Fulton County. She's been very successful for that, and. Uh, She's having a lot of media attention with this because it's a successful program. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. And maybe eventually, if it's possible, we can do it in the in the north, you know, with a mm-hmm. different idea of funding. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, I think it's an awesome idea.
0: That's great. That would be wonderful. Well, you know, we've done um, several interviews over the past year about, you know, not just the – the health issues of living um, in a more green-oriented society, but also the therapeutic, um, the mentally and emotionally therapeutic um, results that come from taking time to, to start a garden, work in a garden, experience a garden, watch it appreciate it, watch the seasons change. I mean, you know, I think I can honestly say that becoming a master gardener really changed my life for the better. You know, I was a professional artist, but when all of a sudden I was able to... Understand the the biologies and the pathologies of the green world. It really does change your life.
1: Yes, yes. Well, you know, this country becomes a you know such a a powerful country in the world because the agriculture. Mm -hmm. That's the roots of everything. The world. Right. yeah so even today is still the the you know the main producer of corns in the entire world that's utilizing so many other things biofuels and to feed you know so many uh, other countries with the production but agriculture, especially today, the people becoming more conscious about what they have mm-hmm. in their table mm-hmm. urban agriculture is have and will have a bigger impact in in people's life because Mm -hmm. the problem of the world are now urban Mm -hmm. access to fresh water fresh food and sanitation services so you know that's a big challenge and then the university of georgia is very aware of that and uh uh, the extension we're working through to to bear that situation for the residents of north fulton
0: Especially as the world continues to overpopulate itself, um, and so I'm going to put you on the spot here and and ask you: Do you think that the United States uses overuses chemicals and pesticides, or do we have a choice since we're feeding the entire planet?
1: Well, you're definitely putting me on the spot here. Um. <laughs>
0: That's okay. I love uh, to do that.
1: <laughs> there is. Without, you know, uh, a lot of the decisions that have been made in the past with the agriculture, we wouldn't be here today. You know, uh, it's true there's, there's been problems and evidence that overuse of pesticides, but it doesn't necessarily come to from just the agriculture itself. If you think about the green industry, according to the integrated pest management mm-hmm. concept, every time you have a pest, your last resource should be the chemical but when you as a homeowner have a pest and have bugs and have weeds, the first thing that comes to your mind is not pulling those weeds. I know. It's just, oh, I need to spray I know. a herbicide. It's It's the entire society. Mm-hmm. But, we you know, agriculture, those decisions that have been made in the past – have built this country where I'm not saying that was completely right, there was things that are wrong completely, but those decisions were made on, on, on healthy people, on, uh, make the, um, this country a better place. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think now is a lot of research available that we can have and take better decisions, you know, as, as far as our agriculture business. So, um, do you think potable water is at risk eventually because
0: of all the, chemicals that we use on this planet
1: well this uh, probably but we're still on time to do to do it right you know this. and there
0: are people out there doing it we just never hear about them I mean the desalinization of water and there are people out there doing that kind of research but you know we never hear about that we
1: we always hear about
0: the bad things. Don't and you
1: and you're right. That's what's such a wonderful like you said, you know, the, the Master Gardener program changed your life. You become aware of so many things that you should be aware and then it uh, will have an impact and having access to that information and help your community to get educated We'll we'll make it better for everybody.
0: You're right. You're right. Rolando, I have loved being with you today, and I hope you'll come back and visit me again. You're just a wealth of information, and I know you're going to have a wonderful impact on um, the Master Gardener program, on the Extension Service. So will you come back and visit me?
1: Thank you very much for
0: having me. Have a wonderful day. Listeners, have a great week. Be
3: safe. We'll see you next week. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.